The Say Something Podcast is brought to you by a momentwithmorris.com and blackblueprints.com. That's blackblueprints with a Z.com. I am Jermaine Morris here with the one and only Mr. Barry Axis. Peace and blessings, family. We're bringing you the Say Something Podcast. Say something, say something, say something. Well, we get together and talk about everything going on out here in the world, out here in this universe, out here in these streets. In these cold, cold, cold streets. Getting together every week to bring it to your dome piece. We're bringing you episode number 45. 45, Donald Trump, stay alive. A.K.A. <laughs> pussy grab up. I had to, I know you wanted to do the sports guy, but I had to. That was, okay. waiting for 45. He's been waiting on 45. Been waiting waiting for for 45. 45 with a bud. Man. I mean, we bring you that number 45, bring you that AC Green. AC Green and number 40, and Mr. 45. Mr. 45, bring that Michael Michael Jordan on the comeback 45. Ooh. Or we're going to come real with you and get, bring you that Daryl Dawkins. Oh, shit. You trying to go hit him. <laughs> we are. Wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. Daryl Dawkins was. 45? 45? I thought he was 54. 45. You sure about that? Hmm? I think we need to check on the stats on that. Yeah, man. he's 45. Check that. Yeah. Uh, something special this week. We got a special guest in the building. Yes, sir. Let, let's set him up properly. He is, uh, we hail from, from Northern California. Hey, he's out here. He's a, a hometown celebrity, a hometown hero. Did it on the high school level. Yes, sir. Did it on the collegiate level with Colorado yes, State. Not only was he a standout athletically, went on an academic scholarship to Colorado State as a walk-on wow. and then a standout on the football field. Drafted to the Cincinnati Bengals, undrafted free agent, a.k.a. the Mad Backer, <laughs> a.k.a. one of Sacktown's finest, in the building one and only Mr. Adrian Ross. Yeah, love that intro. Love that intro. You know what I mean? I was, I was, say something. Uh, yeah, man. I was I was hoping he was gonna say the Heisman Trophy winner. <laughs> hey, man. I wish that they gave them boys on defense some love. Yeah, they don't you give know, y'all. So, they don't give know, y'all too much love. You only got to play a couple of snaps to wide out. You know, Charles Woodson. Oh, that was a kind of a shot. Little lightweight shade, but it's all right. Adrian Ross in the building helping us get through episode number forty-five. So you said Daryl Dawkins? Daryl Dawkins. I'm seeing number 53, dog, 76ers. With 45? 53 seems right. Yeah, 53 on that 70s. Is that the only team he played for? He done played for about five different teams. Then was he 45 in any of them? We about to find out. <laughs> I swear Daryl Dawkins was a 45. He's a 53er. Old Tree Rollins. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of them teams, he was 45. But we'll get to that, too. Lots going on out here since the last time we got together. We got Brother Adrian Ross in the Builders helping us talk about everything that's going on out here in this life. And since we got a, a, a retired NFL player in the building, uh, what do you think your take is on the current climate in the NFL? you got the, the teams taking a knee, side with Kaepernick. You've got owners coming out, making their stance, comments from Jerry Jones, comments from old boy at the Texans saying the inmates can't have the inmates running the prison. Uh, all the stuff going on, you're a few years removed, so you've got some time to kind of just sit back and watch it, but you also have an inside perspective. So uh, how do you see things going on with, with the NFL now? Man, uh, just uh, besides all the social drama, you know, for me, just with the game of football itself, uh, with all the rule changes, the game has changed. And so I feel right now it's just like in music. You know, you have 
when I was coming up, you know, the fat boys were beatboxing and Dougie <laughs> Fresh, you know, and I'm in the car trying to practice and beatbox my mom. Stop all that spitting and all that. And they they don't they don't like the music, but they're the ones driving the car and they think that they're in control of it. But what's being played on the radio is for the younger generations. Right now, that's what I see what's going on in football is the game has changed, but a lot of the viewers are still on the old football. Mm. Oh. And and there's a new style of football. It's it's much softer. The guys aren't practicing and it's not as good, you know, so there's there's um there's only the same nucleus of teams that are good because they have good coaching uh year in and year out. And then you have all these other fly by night guys that are coaches, general mm-hmm. managers players from school, so on and so forth. So it's really watered down um, on top of all the social, you know, stuff that they, that they're uh, never addressing that what brother Colin Kaepernick brought up with the police brutality. And they've never even uttered those words, but it turned into the national anthem protest. So all that on top of poor, poor football being played. Okay. So a, a big, would you say in the time that you played, you know, in in the era that that you were there, which wasn't that long ago. So we, we can preface. Were you done seven, nine? When did you finish? Uh, oh four. Oh four. Yeah. I'm thinking it's been a little minute now. Yeah, it's been a minute. So there was social issues that were going on back then. How common were was would you say the conversation was amongst players you knew or maybe yourself in that time? Like how vocal were were players back then, or was that even something that was on anybody's mind? Um. Vocal as in just just, just the social stuff yeah. in general. Uh, the, not not that many because you know there wasn't social media. <laughs> ah. You know, so it's very easy now. You know, you have followers; they can instantly see you. They can instantly get get to where you want them to be. So there wasn't a lot going on. There was there was the, of course discussions amongst the players themselves. Um, you know that mixed with a few coaches, but. There was, you know, there wasn't nothing necessarily that major because we there was no social media. So I think social media has has changed everything. And I also think to throw my my tip in on on that piece is the money wasn't that big. You got to remember the NFL wasn't considered the major league of of sports at that particular time. I think particularly baseball was still um, pretty much high up there. That's uh, I think that's might be before that is kind of a little bit after you have uh, the steroid era and things of that nature, or the steroid era was going on, mm-hmm. and then um, basketball was going through their transition as well. But those sports were very up in the high categories, as well as um, you're thinking about golf. You know, we talked about golf, uh, you know, our last episode and how powerful the golf in golf yeah, was. Tiger was 04. Tiger. Yeah, Tiger. Yeah. So football wasn't. To the magnitude that it is right now, not even, not even close. You're exactly right, because you know why it wasn't as well. Just like how you're saying, there was no Thursday night. I think the no. Thursday night games were just starting. Yeah. Right. So now there's, you know, now we have the Thursday night game, the Sunday, the Sunday day games, the Sunday night game, and the Monday night game. Yeah. So, you know, and you're talking about better caliber, uh, better caliber athletes Uh, from a star perspective, football in general was probably better on a star perspective. Right. Um, 
and even in a play. But in the same sense, those contracts didn't match some of those stars that, you know, were there. I'm talking about big time, big name stars that were still relevant. Brett Favre was at his height, right? right? You had Michael Vick was at his height. You got some some guys. We're talking about Chris Carter was was still around. Uh, you know who else was there? Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman was still around. Emmett Smith. <laughs> you got you you had some dynasties right. aside to just having the New England Patriots. Right, you had I mean, a, Drew you, Bledsoe was yeah, Drew Bledsoe. Man, yeah, he was a slouch. Yeah, he wasn't. You, you know, know, so you had a different time, and generally, I believe more star. Randy Moss yeah. was in his prime. Right, you, you they had some real, real go-to stars, and I think that they have some stars. Relatively, I don't think they're as big as the stars before, but the money is a lot bigger, and some of these stars that we see now relatively are bigger per se because of the coverage not necessarily because of the plays because of the coverage like Odell Beckham is held to be one of the best uh football players right but in the same sense when you look at his statistics compared to like a Randy Moss of his heyday and Odell Beckham they, they don't even stand in the same um yeah, the he gets the same press as a T.O. but doesn't put up T.O. numbers not at all yeah, so so I, I I get that completely, and I think that the social media aspect is huge to where now not only are fans or even not fans constantly with their cameras out, kind of keeping an eye on what athletes are doing and what they're focusing on, but athletes are in and not completely in control, but have some control over what they want to put out. Like you can have yeah. your own phone, you can run your own basically your own TV show, yeah, your own media with, campaign with your sure. cell phone. You know what you want to tweet out, what you want to Instagram out, what you want to put out. You don't have to wait until yeah, someone JB yeah. sits you down or you know one of those guys want to talk to you about something. Message players, did you hear that? Message some of y'all. <laughs> you can have your own production company. Market yourself. You can market yourself. Linebacker down in San Fran. Just got to the team. Well, here's the thing, and, 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 and going and going into you know the situation, what Ross just said, and and again, my brother King Ross, I love his dude because he's straight straight from the heart, speaks real, he knows what he's talking about, um, and a very humble brother for the fact yeah. of all the stuff that he's done, and always been gracious, to, you know, helping me out with my voice of the youth. Uh, campaigns and just anytime I needed something from him, whether it be an interview or just uh, some information, my brother's always laid down, you know, some blueprints. So I always give props to brothers like this. You don't find yeah. brothers like this. It's a very much a rarity, right? And the fact that I have his phone number and he calls me back, I love that too. But he goes into a point that I feel gets missed out of this whole controversy. It's not about Colin not having a job. It's not about the flag. It's not about kneeling. It's not about these owners, even though all these in particulars have become the, to the forefront. Yeah. It's about police brutality. It's about social injustice. It's about how black people are being treated. And the fact that the NFL and so many people just gloss over that, it's not only disappointing, but it's just the reason why we're having so many issues throughout America in places that people thought it was safe to say there is no racism here. 
it was safe to say no one's being oppressed here. It was safe to say, well, everyone is treated equally over here. Now with the fact that we've literally gone from a point of here is what the conversation is. But as soon as Donald Trump decided to step out and be Donald Trump, a.k.a. a pussy grabber, Mr. 45, the whole narrative has changed. Because literally we had these discussions and these conversations last year and it wasn't as intense. And that's when Colin Kaepernick was really leading the charge. Now you have a whole situation that I think the NFL is looking like it's spun, it's spun out of control. That's now talking about something that isn't even the purpose of this protest. Okay, so we got like the protest has by far been bogarted and, and all these other different things are running with it. Something that I would say, because some, a narrative that kept coming up when Colin was the voice coming out saying about the oppression of black and brown people and the mistreatment of police officers. And the argument kept being, who are you to say anything about oppression? You're rich. You know, how can you say anything about, you know, injustice? Uh, you don't struggle. So I would I would pose to you, uh, Brother Ross, what would you say is your take on because you played in the league, professional athlete, million dollar guys next to you. And for people who say that because you make a lot of money or because you're a professional <clears throat> athlete, that these sorts of things don't apply to you. Like when LeBron got his house tagged up and they're like, oh, he don't know nothing about about racism. You know, he just has somebody clean that off. He's not phased. What would you say to those people who think that, well, because you're a professional athlete, that you're somehow immune to to all those injustices that Colin was talking about? Yeah, like the number one thing about that that I always felt was I always thought it was we the people, you know, so. Just this, this, there's just a football player. Like, say for me, I played, I'm just one guy. You know, my my cousins still live where they live. My nieces and nephews, you know, where we come from, we, we still come from. And you came from that. So that doesn't mean that for some of the guys that have been fortunate enough to move on and to have big salaries and to make whatever, that doesn't mean that they don't have an understanding of. So generally what, what we hear that from is the people that have they have that perspective and they want to pass it on to someone else as if you're still the same. Hmm. And, and and that's the problem that uh, we see. But generally when it comes down to, you know, the majority of the players are blacks, I feel it's just the same old, you know, we say modern day slavery. But with, because we look at some of the things that have been done in the past. And how I feel, I feel that the NFL is part to blame because they're announcing all these punishment to the people. So you're talking about these are men who are 1%. It's a 1% job. But then you have 99, you have the, the rest or the 99%. So why does the 1% billionaire owners have to announce to the 99% how they're punishing these 1% guys? So it's kind of like a catch-22. They're throwing him out there and say, hey, you guys, buy this guy's jersey. Praise him. Come to the game and cheer him on. And this, this, and that. And then, oh, hey, for that hit right there, we just want to let you guys know that we that we, uh, that, uh, that we took 15000 from him. Hmm. We took 20000 from him. We're punishing them for the hits that they're doing in, in, in our game. Hmm. And, and then now, <coughs> excuse me. Everyone, the 99% has now embraced that. So now there's all these money-making shows that are talking about individuals. It's gone from talking about play on the field or, you know, in the front office to now the individual. 
<laughs> we can go off on them. <laughs> no, keep, brother. Why'd you stop? <laughs> I mean, that's why. That's what I love when okay. Ross Ross goes on his rant. Keep going, yeah. brother. Say something, brother. All right, all right. <laughs> I mean, it just and it goes from there, you know. So, so when we look at it socially now, I feel that that's that's a part that we have with the police. It, it comes down to that. Hey, I'm gonna tell you what to do. Everyone wants to tell the black black society what to do and as long as you're doing what in 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 that case of society what the 99 or what the majority is right i'm using 99 and one since since so-called white america is the majority as soon as they don't like something they say hey you know it's a democracy look Mm -hmm. right mary's kevin's dan we don't like that, right? Yeah, we don't like that, so don't do it. Yeah. All the way down to they have flyovers. So when we go to the anthem, they have they have fighter planes flying over, right? They score touchdowns. Cannons are going off. The Patriots, they have muskets. They're shooting guns. But if a, fi- but if a football player uses their fingers as a gun, penalty celebration, <laughs> we're fining you $20,000 because that's violent. Yeah. You know, you can't hip thrust. Meanwhile, the cheerleaders are right next to you wearing nothing and hip thrusting during the whole game. All the advertising, all the advertising dollars, this is Barry said, why they're making so much more money. All the advertising that they're selling are all kill them, shoot them up video games. Mm. Kill them, shoot them up movies. Yeah. Right? So we have all of these um, superhero um, movies, whether it's. Marvel or what's the other one? Uh, DC. DC. DC, right? And to me, all the ones I've seen has violence in them. A lot. But then on this, you know, like we have Halloween or the Harvest Festival and everyone's running around with all these violent characters (laughs) dressed up as these violent characters. But when they talk about the football players, we always want to hear the kids are watching. Mm. It's always it's always the same for us. It's always moving moving the narrative, changing the narrative, or moving the scale to something else when it when it comes down to us. Okay. Okay. Very very good. Yeah. Break that down, King Ross. <laughs> Say it like you mean it. Say something. That's why I have the pleasure of calling this brother my friend because the way he breaks it down. And if there was more NFL players. Like you, that was breaking it down. Matter of fact, let me ask this question: Why aren't players, former players like you, that speak truth to power, that advocate, um, like you advocate? Why aren't they calling brothers like you? Why aren't you at the table of trying to get some format or some change in the NFL instead of Mike Vick? Man. <laughs> exactly, because. Because the powers in the dollars, right? So the powers that be are only grabbing all of the all of the guys that have the fans. Okay. You know that's that's why when Ray Lewis got done, oh, you got a job at ESPN that they right. gave him, fired him from after one year, right. right? You know, Bettis and all of them come out. You know, Heinz Ward. I mean, these are these are these are homies and whatnot. But I'm like, we're, like, where did where, where where'd they go? Did yeah. they, you know, and so. They they only want to take because they know that the following how how black society follows 
these these figures, right? So they only want to take the ones that are going to acquiesce to the way that they wanted to, mm-hmm. right? And if you're making multi-millions and you're Shaq and you're um, Charles Barkley and you're all these other guys, you're not really in the 99%, mm-hmm. right? There's other guys that aren't in the 99%, but they still live with them. Right. So you're able to have a better understanding of than when you never, ever came back down from that. And so I think the system is, well, I guess to answer your question, I don't know why the brothers aren't calling. I mean, because you because you have some that aren't there that have that that have microphones. And to me, I I, I think they're they don't understand their power, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and or they're they don't. They don't know how to go about it. They don't know how important the microphone or the platform that they have is and their influence. I mean, like you look at the players right now, um, they can run around. Players can run around and wear camouflage, you know, and it's 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 supporting the military. Camouflage in pink. Camouflage in pink. And then now they added now they finally added all the other, uh, you know, uh, cancer cancers to it, prostate yeah. and all the other mm-hmm. colors. But when the players, this black, what is it, 70%, 70-something plus a percent, and now they want to bring awareness to police brutality, now it's a problem all of a sudden. Yeah. Why? And I love that Colin brought up the, you know, he, he brought attention to it, but I don't like that. Still to this day, nobody's ever asked the owners. Those brothers that have that platform, why haven't you asked the owners? You have the microphone. Do <laughs> you, you see what J.J. Watt did when he asked? See, put the owners on the spot by asking them. Use your microphone and say, hey, then that'll show. That I mean, it's showing already, but to the other people that don't see it, they can't see it. Right. There's they're spending putting all these dollars into patriotism. Mm. Right. Because when I played, we were in the we were in the locker room. When they played the national anthem. It'd be some random game. Wait, 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 say, say that one more time, brother. Say that one more time. We when I played, we stayed in the locker room <laughs> during the national anthem. And we all do know that the reason why they now come out to do the national anthem and the flag piece is because they're getting a check. From the military. Folks do understand that. And I think that's where we get lost. In the equation of patriotism. Because we don't understand. That they're being paid to be patriotic. They're getting paid. So we can see this. This this, um, assemblance. Of military brilliance. And execution. To say hey. We need you to defend America. When really that's just a power play. Yeah, that's that Department of Defense deal was like 14, 15 million or something like that to start bringing those 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 players out. So if we have a bunch of players now that I get the ones who need who want to check or who still want to be relevant, like the guys who played and as soon as they've retired, they're like, hey, you can come take this desk job. Uh, Make sure you keep it in the pocket, though. We we don't want to hear none of that, none of that loose, none of that wild, none of that reckless talk. in your personal opinion, because you played with some dudes, some real dudes, like some dudes who 
are there's a reason why they're not on the camera like that now because they is actually gonna tell you how they really feel about stuff. How much do you think is where are those voices at? Like, is there, you know, because sometimes you get folks who work in their community, they work, you know, diligently, they stay under the radar. Uh, why don't you think there's been as much a surge as them? Because there's actually, there's a lot of guys in the league who aren't the Stephen A. Smiths, who are just going to, you know, say what they need to say to get a job. Where do you think, why don't you think you see more of those guys, whether it be social media platforms, private platforms, because there's more than enough guys and, and ultimately more than enough resources and outlets to start getting this up more. Because I think a lot of us don't hear from brothers like yourself like this. We keep hearing the ones who are towing the line and playing the role. Where do you think more of those guys have been at? Oh, they've been there, but the problem with them is someone else is doing everything for them. So we already we, we already brought up what 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 the change was, right? The change from football from my era to now is social media. So when you talk about most of these guys, they're not on it. Mm. Some of the main ones, they're not on it because in their life, it's they're taking the old school, you know, celebrity of I have to be hidden and I'm a celebrity and I'm not on all this different stuff. And or with the ones that are on it, someone else is running it. it it's, it's someone else is controlling that narrative. And they're paying them to do it. So here's my thing. When we talk about what's going on, and I, do, I don't want this show to escape the, the, the uh, owner of one of the prison systems, Bob McNair, and his inmates. We have a situation to where the players are being called out now. Like, uh, you know, the fact that what you knew when you were playing, who you were, because, I mean, we and we've talked about this so many times, just you and I on a one on one about how your career ended, how it kind of played out, where you were up at the cusps of basically being one contract away from really being set. Right. In a sense of just, okay, they got me. And then probably a year away of being a major superstar in the league, right? Right. You because of injuries, certain things happen, but how it navigated from your standpoint, you got to see something ultimately that you knew was soon to come out to the massive to see that way, Negro, you just cattle. Like you you ain't you ain't nothing more than a boy. And now that most of these owners are getting caught up with this kind of um, conversation, this ideology that you knew because of what you went through right. and what you had to to deal with and what you saw, like, wow, I just had a stellar year. And now because of this injury, I'm being shifted and I'm being lied to. I'm being told this. I'm being told that. And it, it, it kind of really... I don't want to say left a bad taste in your mouth, but you realize truly what this game really was. It was a business. And what now we're finding out with a lot of what is going on, that this is a business. This is not about a flag, a a, a national anthem for any of these owners. It's about money. What ends up being 
the dollar bill. They could give a rat's ass about Colin Kaepernick. They could give a rat's ass about police brutality, Definitely. any of that. And they could give a damn about what the fans think until the fans start saying, we're not paying for the product. Right. And until they started making waves, because you think about it, the NFL got enough problems before the Colin Kaepernick thing, the CTE thing, the uh, um, the domestic abuse thing, the, the the drug thing outside of you know, um, you know, the CTE that they've just basically said, okay, well, you know what, <laughs> you guys have been pretty much lying and saying that these hits don't affect players afterwards. Well, it really does. You have all of this stuff, but it didn't affect the money. Now you have something that's actually affecting the money. As a player watching this from a standpoint of you already knowing. And your friends already know, and it's almost like, okay, I know that owner is racist, but my family don't know he's racist. I can still play this because I don't have to see him. He don't come down. He's where he's at. He signs a check. I'm good. Right. What is it now behind the scenes? How are these players feeling and the moves that they need to make to to be credible? Because I don't think these players are credible at this particular time. Because if someone is saying something to me that's so disrespectful – and basically calling me a boy, calling me a Negro, calling me whatever, like you just go do the work and shut up. I'm going to feel some kind of way. Where, where, cause I know, you know, the Intel, we want to get that, that Intel. Ooh, you hit one right there. I think, I think that, 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 I think the ratings are going to go up because what you just said right there is I know what I'm waiting to see. You know, because I, when I was there, I, there wasn't a lot of these, you know, we didn't wear pink and we didn't do all that stuff, right? Matter of fact, like, we had to wear the damn uniform that they had. Hey, boy, pull them socks up a little bit. Are we going, well, like, I got to pull my socks. Like, like, who is this dude walking around? That's that's how much that the people don't know is what, what they're telling you to do, right? And then just, just what you said, the ratings went down. Now they say, hey. Y'all go ahead and get to dancing again now. All of a sudden, just just what you said is all these years, dancing has been a problem. Now, dancing, now we want y'all to dance again. People like it when you dance. Right. And so we need these ratings and whatnot. And um, I'm sidetracked again, but you said, what's the question for me? Basically, now that the players know how these owners feel in the public's eye and perspective, what do the players do? Because you at the end saw like a lot of this coming, but now it's a natural effect of now we know what a lot of players in the background already knew. So the players' reactions is almost kind of like, okay, you're upset, but you already knew that this owner probably thought this anyway. Right. But now that we know Johnny Public, now y'all want to act like y'all want to take a stand. Now y'all want to act defiant. But you already knew the relationship. You guys are the inmates, and they are the uh, plantation prison owners. Man, to be honest with you, I don't think that they're going to do nothing. I mean, I'm hoping that they are just, just, just what you said because we see it, we we have the knowledge. They have guys like me, other guys in the in the past that have gone there. But for me, what I've seen is there's a major there's a major hit from college, right? It's like because you have to look at it. It's like they're there and they're going through it. But from from the little car wash system that they came out of it, it, it you know, that was that was the slavery that 
that you were really in the mm. the ideology, the mindset of you know, hey, you you might make it. So everyone's thinking that they're going there to get it right. Come to come to Alabama, mm. and guys are going to Alabama so they can go to the NFL. Yeah, but there's guys going to the NFL from a whole bunch of different schools. Mm. Matter of fact, when you look at the Pro Bowl roster, where's where are all the Alabama guys? Matter of fact, when you look at the running backs from Alabama that was star-studded, you don't even see them. Right. And so, but it, it's it's such a detriment to our young men from college. The, the brainwashing of the word amateur, not, not only to them, to their parents, to the fans, right? Because it's like, oh, I got to watch them in, in college. Same, same three hours. Same game, just the mindset, though, that you're getting your education. Mm. But yet it doesn't have anything to do with it. So the guys that are getting there, and while they went to college, right? So most other people, if they've graduated or if they've gone to college for three, four years, they're looking to go work right after, right? So these guys are getting jobs, and that's the American dream, and that's what's been told, and especially in the education system. Here's here's the next step, and here's how you do it. So what do you do when they put the examples of the Colin Kaepernick out there about, oh, you don't have a job now? What do you say? How do you go about it? Hmm. Right? And right now, I think that's the fight that they're dealing with. Like you said, we know they know now. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you guys go about it? Hmm. I, and you, I think you, I, re, I remember you being with me at the MOB that I had. Remember when the Donald Sterling came out? Right. Got, you were there, right? Yep. You were there. <laughs> That's a beautiful thing. So, remember, we were there together. It was soon as Donald Sterling came out with that. It was funny. We had an MOB. You was one of our special guests in the MOB. And remember when I talked about how the Negroes had the ability to shut down this system and show power with economics by saying, we're not going to allow you to just talk to us crazy. We're going to shut your shit down and pay you the lesson. And what the Negroes do, they ended up going ahead, flipping jerseys and really bu doing bullshit. With the Bob McNair, Jerry Jones. But let's, let's focus on the Bob McNair. The thing that he said, it allowed players to get that Donald Sterling moment and really say, you know what? We're going to strike because when you have a dispute with money, you do what? You strike. Right. With the world watching, why is it that these players don't gamble and roll the dice on the power that they have by being players? And when someone says something disrespectful, because if I worked a job and someone made any ill statements about anything that I felt was my right to do, Especially if they call me an inmate or especially if they said, well, Barry, you can't play this kind of music, especially if it wasn't vulgar. It was just like, well, I can't play hip hop music without cussing. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's that? You're telling me that I will get fired if I do this. The brother from Dallas Cowboys raised his fist. And next thing you know, he got cut. And you can probably argue the fact of why he got cut. But as soon as he did that, he was gone. The owner for the Texans said what he said and Negro still reacted in a sense of 
we heard you, but we're just going to kneel. We're going to show you. Instead of saying, like I said, in that faithful day, Negro don't play. Why is it that these players don't feel or is there some type of contract or is there something going on to where players are not looking at what the young boys did in Missouri? They said, we're not playing a game until that motherfucker's out of here. Right. Right. Why is it that that kind of stretch, that kind of boycott has come from the players? That's the same question I have. No, but seriously, <clears throat> I mean, no. like. In your eye, mm -hmm. if you were in the NFL right now, and all these things, you knowing what you know, and you're seeing this thing, at what point do you sit there and say, this is bigger than the game, this is bigger than me as an individual, this is bigger than even my family, I am doing this for a culture. Why is it so hard for them? Because imagine waking up on a Sunday, and every game, is focused. I mean, you literally will have an NFC game, or you would either have the red zone, and everything would be focused on that one game where the players are not showing up. The players are walked out. The players are literally not playing. They're like waiting around. Everything would be focused. Advertisement would be would be shut down. Folks wouldn't be getting paid. You'd have to reimburse fans. Fans would be outraged. It would just be a total fiasco. But a good fiasco in a sense of it would be bringing back power to black folks like saying, you know what? You fuck with us. We're going to shut you down. Man, you you said it right there. And earlier you just said what what it is. The problem is how big the game is. That shows you how much value they put in the game. The game on the day, game day, the game itself is letting you know the mentality of how important the game is. So much so, back to college, college can say, you're suspended. Hey, uh, Todd Gurley, we caught you signing autographs, boy. We're going to suspend you for four games. From what I know now, you asking me, when I, as soon as I saw that, I said... I'm I'm to the NFL. Yeah. I'm like, here no more. What you mean? You're suspending me from making helping you make money? Remember, I'm an amateur. How are you telling me, oh, I'm sorry, I don't get to play? Stop acting as if the game is some but they say it, right? It's you're privileged to play. See how see all the brainwashing from even the 99%. The parents are telling them, we're telling high school kids, it's a privilege and it's a privilege to do every goddamn thing else there is, too. <laughs> it's a privilege to be living. Yeah. So, but 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 the mentality is it's it's such a privilege and it's such an honor that I'm like it, it's work. So, when you suspend me, I'm not working. Mm. So how is it really suspension when I'm not playing, you're not paying me? I'm not working, you're not paying me. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So that lets you know right there that just them doing that is is just that's just that's just a mind fuck right there. Um you know, it, it Todd Gurley not playing. That costs Georgia money. Like fans want to come see him. And then he comes back, tears his ACL. Still the first pick, still the first running back picked in the draft. Mm, mm. 
Okay, so I would think a big part of it is I, I agree with what you're saying because I think that the, the the brainwashing part has to be in there because I know some people make the argument for the NFL because there's no guaranteed contracts. So if you want to sit there and say, okay, well, I'm going to make take a stand today, they can cut you without having to pay you as opposed to Major League Baseball or the NBA that if they cut you for some mess like that, they're going to pay you from the house. They're going to, they're going to say, I'm going to get rid of you because you're making some protests or you're making whatever, so we're going to get rid of you just to prove a point. Fine. You're going to cut me out. You owed me four years and 60 million. I'm going to make that from the house playing PlayStation if you play baseball or, or, or um, basketball. But because of that, I think that that's where the, the, the privileged part and the brainwashing part comes in. Because for with the Donald Sterling thing with the NBA, there was no jeopardy of their money. All those guys were, were 40. Right? Yeah, they were 40, 50, 60, 70 million dollar athletes. Guaranteed checks. So if they're like, we're going we gonna to take a stand. All right, y'all sit out this game and. We gonna we gonna cut y'all. We gonna wave you whatever. Okay, I'm 27. I got 60 million in the bank, and you telling me I just get to go home? And they had every right. Yeah. So at that I'm, particular point of what was said, I just don't know anybody that can go to a job when someone, whoever it is, owner, manager, whatever, says something racist. Yeah. So if we're getting to where now we have athletes today who are when. Because right now, with what, you know, uh, and I agree with you completely, Barry, it's, it's the point to where I think a lot of these guys knew what these 70 and 80 year old billionaires yeah. really think of them. I don't think that, I don't think that they're that naive, especially where a lot of these guys come from the, right. the, the Alabamas, the Georgias, the Florida States. You know what that is. This is old money. Yeah. So right. you know, you already know what it is. But now your mama knows that you know yeah. what your boss thinks of you. <laughs> right. Your baby knows yeah. what your, what your, you know, yeah. now you like, you going to let him say that to you and you still going to work on Sunday? So is it just that it's that much ingrained that getting, that it's been so drilled into their head that getting a shot at playing in the NFL is supersedes your dignity, supersedes your, your self-respect, that it is so cherished to have an opportunity to play on Sunday that that even overshadows how you feel about yourself like you I mean how much of that do you think is in some of those guys out there by far that the plan and the mentality and the thought of all that by far outweighs it and then just 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 what you said those brothers that are that have the guaranteed contracts they're the ones that aren't going to do it right I, I think that if we saw more of them do it than you could get the other guys because then they know, well, you can't play without my guy right here. So, But that's part of the problem is those the, the guys with the guarantees aren't the ones doing it. You know what? The way racism continues to be a fork in a side of black people and f dear white folks, I'm sick of talking about racism just as much as you are. You know, this I'm going to be clear with that. I think that when you constantly are putting in a predicament and are challenged, it's almost kind of like, you know, someone trying to pick a fight with you and you got your girl. Every time you try to walk down the street, it's like, you know what? They want to fight you and you always walk. And it's like after a while, you know, you, you know, your girl is looking at you like, damn, you know, this dude keeps on chesting you. You ain't did nothing. I understand. Turn the other cheek until that next week you're walking down the street by yourself and you now see that that guy that was punking you bullying you is now with your girl right it's right. like now he got your girl like you know because how many times are you going to run away from the fight and that's what i feel that we do we run away from the fight 
we have, in my idea, we have so much reasoning and so much power at the same particular time with the reasoning to do things that are going to hit the nerve of white supremacy, but at the same time, get that value of respect, the honor system. If you got now these Negroes who say, like a Colin Kaepernick, like, you know what, I, I, this is going to put me at risk, but I would rather give my football career up than continue to pretend like everything is okay. Right. I just don't see how Negroes think that we're going to get anywhere ahead if we continue to move like that, when in reality, the majority of these systems, they need black people. Like without the black man in the NBA, black man in football, these sports don't have nothing. They already had that. That's why they brought them in. You know, <laughs> so, so those moments, exactly, those moments of you guys having it without us, you saw what that was. You know what I mean? The moments of you now having this with us, you see what it is. So my thing is, when I know I have just a little bit of some leeway to kind of spin this thing to where it's to my advantage, I think that I'm going to play that card at least one time to see what it does and see if that 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 thing in my mind that's saying, you know, run that play, run that sneak play, that it will probably work. And get that touchdown because I don't see where black America continues to fight this battle and in the positions where we can really make a, 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 a dent. We never do for the sake of we're worried about the repercussions when if there is how many guys are in the NFL team? 53. 53 guys. And if about out of that 53, a majority of them, 40 are black, 40 are black. That leaves you with 13 other folks. You trying to tell me that yeah maybe John that was on the uh, 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 um, the the kick punt return team he may not he may lose his job but that's when we support him. You trying to tell me that forty of y'all can't sit there and say check this out man for what you said and embarrassing us because these are secrets that we already knew but now they're being told we're not gonna play. They don't think that that would change the whole landscape, not only of sports, but just how folks view black America. Right. I, I don't understand why that play hasn't been run. Hey, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you because when I got to looking at it, I, you know, I was just out the league and I was, you know, I started to see what this is ESPN Deportes. Like, wait, I said, wait a minute. Now they're. Uh, National Hispanic Month or whatever it is that they that they do. I'm like, so they're doing something for that. And I said every February in so-called Black History or Black Heritage, whatever you want to call it now, the Super Bowl is played and not one mention ever. You know, I was just on that level just 10 years ago, right? Like when, like when, when are we, when's, when's something going to be said? <laughs> when are you going, it's in February, <laughs> right, but but you over no here mention. talking about we'll get uh, a Latin heritage referee to announce the first call in Spanish. What and how many games are now being played over in London? Yeah. They sure are breaking the neck for the Queen. Yeah. Mexico do that, right? Uh -uh. 
When's that game going to be in Africa? Mm. When's that game? You, you know what I mean? Huh? When's that game going to hey. be in a, a Brazil? <laughs> Shoot. Right? <laughs> so I got a question. So kind of thinking, of, so we're talking about this. Is it so much that, that it's the owners that don't respect us, the networks, they only go, they only care about where the dollars is. How much of this do you really think, how much do players really care? Because, like, if you ask the average person on the street, the average black man or woman on the street, do you care that they already are looking at Europe for games and that they're looking at games in Mexico, but they don't address black people and we make up 70% of the league? The average one on the street will probably say it never crossed their mind. So is it a case to where that the people who are even playing, the dudes who was in the league, the idea of, of being black is not even a thought? It's the idea of I'm not black. I'm a football player. <laughs> I'm that OJ thing. I'm not black. I'm OJ. They they right. is is it more of them to where I care more about being in the NFL and what that means than I care about being black and what that means. And I, and I, but see that's what I and that's why what when I look at this whole thing, I see it and what you're saying. Do I care about being in the NFL or whatever other sporting, uh, uh, you know? piece that they are basketball whatever do i care about that title than the the black title i really do think and that's why i say that we are in love with white supremacy black folks love white supremacy because i just don't again i just don't understand what does it take what does it take for even the reaction of the negroes was because of who because donald trump said something right you know what i'm saying it wasn't because black body we're on the ground. It's it wasn't like, because of your boy Colin Kaepernick is like, yo, y'all, we got to do this. You know, it was because Donald Trump that everyone now uses as the scapegoat for all of America's racism. He actually said something and he called them sons of bitches, a.k.a. the N word. Right. Yeah. Why do we first need to move a needle when a white person says something? And then secondly, why is it that we choose to not? act as if we have power like right. we have power isn't this why they have um what's that what is it the, the NFL, NFL, NFL players union right you have owners basically making y'all basically do shit that you're not supposed to right they're, right. they're pushing it and they're pretty much punking you within public and in the background threatening you your job for certain things that you feel you have the right to, whether a protest or, you know, conduct in the business time, whatever. But when you strike, it's all together. But now you're trying to show some, hey, here's what's going on in, in this side of the community, the black community. Everyone has a problem. And then you just don't, for one simple day, it could be just one day, just don't sit your ass down. Okay, so my thing is, real quick, and I agree with that completely. So why is it that if you get a DUI, they make you do a PSA for Mothers Against Drunk Drivers? If you get into a domestic violence situation, they make you do a PSA for against uh, going against violence. How come Riley Cooper didn't have to do a PSA in regards to black people? You know what I'm saying? Like, when you look at the system that, 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 that the professional sports is, you can get into... Uh, a domestic situation, I don't know. They don't say that you got to do that on your own time. They say, no, you need to make amends to that group that you offended. If you, you know, drunk driving drugs stuff, you got to come out there and say that group that you're offended. 
you specifically make the racial slurs at black people. Not only were there no repercussions, he got a contract extension and got to keep his job in Philadelphia with 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 no backlash whatsoever and continue it so i mean if you had a job and, and i think that's the best analogy to put if you had a job that disrespects you daily mm. and you got a job that that more or less tells you i don't care how much you make i see you as no greater than the janitor like you you're just here to fulfill a, a need just like the person who works at who's a vendor who's, who's selling candy or 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 sodas i see you the same uh if we sat there and took those moments, because Major League Baseball, back when they shut down the World Series, back when they, they sat there and striked, they was like, we ain't doing this. You had the NBA that had the lockout, right. where they had the short seat. They're like, we're not showing up over grievances when it pertains to money. Why is there not, I, I maybe it's just in my main, maybe it's just that thing, it's not bad enough. Like, oh, like, no. it's. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's the conditioning in college. I, for one, like you said earlier, I had an academic scholarship, so I walked on, but I'm listening to these coaches, and I don't have one, so I'm thinking, damn, like, these other guys that got scholies must have been raw, because I thought I was good. Mm -hmm. Then I got there, and I'm like, oh, I've been bamboozled. You know, it's, it's these fools are garbage. This guy's garbage, but they got scholies. So I went, I went out there with a rage, but my understanding is different that's why I can understand what you're saying because that's my thought process. These other these other young men that later they end up going on, generally the most of them were scholarship guys, right? So in their life, nothing has changed, and it's and it's really almost they're worse off because somebody is in your life telling you where to be, when when to be there, and how 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 to how to be there. They're giving you what to eat. They're telling you how much to weigh and whatnot. For for most of everybody else, when they leave college, it, they didn't have that in college, right? So you're talking about brothers now, 22, 23, 24, 25, all the way on up to however long they're playing. They're on a school schedule. Someone is telling them what to do for the most part. Like So you figure all these games, I ate the same thing on Friday. I mean, I ate the same thing up in the hotel on Saturday. If it happened to be a West Coast trip, we eat the same thing on Friday. We eat the same thing on Saturday. Same thing on Sunday for 17 weeks, hmm. right? It's 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 all like jail. You know what I mean? Like if here's the meals and so on and so forth. So that's a detriment to the psyche of some of these guys when they've never been out of it. Hmm. They never had they never had their own perspective since high school. Hmm. Right. Because they're being told what to do. Come to my school. Come here. Uh, meanwhile, they should be able to look and say, wait, all those other kids have to pay. But the same we're going to be in the same place at the same time. But you're paying for me to go there. Hmm. So that means I already have a skill. So but here's the here's the trick of what's going on in college is that. They're taking these young men that have young men and women because of other sports that have scholarships um, that have skills and they're saying, come here and get some other skills. Mm. Right. We're going to pay for you to come here and use use the skill that we really like you to do to make us money because, yeah, you're an amateur, so you can't make it for yourself. Mm. But the, but these are institutions of higher learning, though, that are that are telling young men and women this. Meanwhile, over here. 
you guys pay so you can come here and we can give you the skill. Hmm. But see, okay, you're, you're saying college is giving the program programming, and I, I can understand that piece, but I still that still doesn't connect to in my idea or, or, or thought process. How is it that okay, you're out of college now, you're getting paid, so you're getting all that plus some from these rich owners, and when everything's on the line, you're going out there sacrificing your body, right. your body, your mind. Now you know their mind in some five years, 10 years, 15 down the line, it could be all for nothing. So you're trying to tell me that sacrificing my body, but not sacrificing for my culture, because I now know that not only... Well, I've always known, but now my family knows, now the people know that these folks are as racist as shit and I'm still going to play with them and I'm not going to give them any kind of pressure or put any type of, uh, of, of penalty and hold them accountable by showing them, I'll show you who runs the, the, the prison asylum. I'm going to show you how much an inmate I am and just sit down. I don't think that has to deal with the connection of college to that extent of being programmed. They're now millionaires. They now make money. So, yeah, I mean, but there's no difference up in any other job that faces racism. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. In any other job, I mean, I don't know. Maybe some folks won't. I know for a fact that, shoot, you could barely have me do certain things that had nothing to do with racism. If someone, it's like, oh, you saying something racist? You giving me a, a good day to have a day off because I'm going to walk out. I don't know how we can tolerate racism to the point to where nobody seems to do anything that has some level of itty bitty power that can change the whole dynamic of how this is looked. This thing that I, I keep on yelling to these players to do because you and I, Johnny, I mean, you now as becoming a part of us because you're now a fan as well watching as far as right. being a former NFL player. We all watch and or we don't watch. We can boycott all day long. We don't have to go to the game. They don't give a damn. There'll be another 10 like us that is going to go watch the game that is going to do it. And then, to be honest with you, whatever boycott they got going on in NFL, I think that lasts for two weeks or a week, and now everybody's watching it. Whether they're watching it to see, because I know I've watched a few times just to look to see what the Negro's going to do, right? Right. Or just because the shit is so, whether it's on your social media timeline or you're clicking around, Football is everywhere. You're yeah. consumed by it. So it's hard to boycott something like this. But, as I said in one of my uh, uh, podcasts, um, you, More Truth Than You Can Handle, check that out. I sat there and I said, you are not going to be able to watch a game if there's nobody to watch play the game. Why is it that the players just don't, for one particular time, show the prison owners who really runs it? Asylum. That's all I'm saying. Well, I think part of what goes into and what he's saying with college, I get when you're saying, okay, you're out of college now, you're your own man because you make money. But most of them, a lot of those guys aren't still their own man, especially the ones that make a lot of money. They've got a handler on them now, just like they did in college. So it, it wasn't like, okay, I'm out of college, I'm free. You just passed the baton who to who was telling you what to do. So a lot of these dudes, even since when they were in ninth grade and they were standouts athletically, they had a coach who was telling them, well, you know, you don't have to worry about that. Just make sure you do this. Huh. We'll worry about those tests. Just make sure you you show up here where I tell you to be. 
Make sure you do what I need you to do and I'll take care of that other stuff for you. And so, okay, well now at 13, you've had somebody thinking for you, telling you where to be at, where to go. Then you transition at 18 to college and it's just a baton was passed. Mm -hmm. Now you've got these group of handlers telling you where to be, what to think, what to do. You make it to the league. As soon as you, you've, before the ink is even dry, you've got your agent, you've got a manager, you've got, if you're a high prospect in the draft, they gave you a handler from the team. Huh. Uh, this is Reggie. He's going to be with you for, for, the, for the next few months. Like you were just there's if you get in trouble, there's a team representative you call. If there's something that happens, you don't call your mama. You call the team. Mm. You getting some issue. Don't no No, you take care of it. You call the organization. We handle everything for you. We do the thinking for you. We do the We damage control for you. So I think a lot of these dudes, they may be 26, 27, 28. They may be multimillionaires, but haven't been doing any independent thinking since it was probably 12. So I think that that makes it really hard for for some of these guys to get that to get that too. Oh, that's it without a doubt. You know, when I look back on it, you know, me at 30, you know, there was I'm not going to say I was immature, but when I look back on it a little bit after that, you was immature. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, definitely for what other people are doing in their life at 30. Yeah. Because you have to go run around on a damn field and go hit people when 21 year olds are coming to take your job. Hmm. So that's a part of it, too, is this veteran that's already there knowing that the 21 year old hadn't been here. So like how you're saying they're they're just now there. So are you going to go sit down and go move out the way knowing Johnny from Johnny from Georgia Tech just now got here looking for the job anyway? It's almost like so, it's, it's almost like a cycle of, well, if he ain't going to sit out, I'm not going to sit out because if we all going to go, if we all got to go, okay. basically. You remember the movie Hollywood Shuffle? Yeah. Old school. If, if you hear this, you got to be a little longer in the tooth to know this one. And it was talking about the scene where where uh, Robert Townsend was was up for the role, and he was you know Afro yeah. out there just extra cooning, and the the light skinned brother kept always talking to him. Oh, they only only a real Uncle Tom would take this role. Yeah. Oh, I wonder what sellout they got to play this part. Like all this. Then when he got to the end and he realized what was going on, and he was like, "This is bullshit. I can't do this." And they kicked him off, and he said, "Who wants his spot?" And and without missing a beat, Homer was like, "I'll do it." <laughs> Right. Like, I think that that's that's real, because like I said, if you're 28, 29, now they start questioning your needs to re-up for a contract. They're looking for a reason to not bring you back. Now, all of a sudden, 22 year old is like, I've been broke my whole life. Like, if homie don't want to be here, you know, I'll stand up for my people when I'm older. And that speaks yeah. to the volume of a deeper subject that black folks don't trust each other. Black tr folks don't support each other. And the fact that. White supremacy uh, knows that underlying theme and they know it to a T. They know it to the point to where they can get away. And it may get sketchy a little bit where they're like, well, could this be the day that the Negroes finally revolt and do a, a Nat Turner? And it's like, woo. Because again, Bob McNair dodged a bullet, right? right? Because here's a moment to where these Negroes, at the midnight hour, it was a talk of like a walkout. And I'm like, yo. This is about to be one of the best Sundays I've ever had because we're about to watch these Negroes not play the game. And the repercussions of that is going to speak volumes. Thanks. Finally, Negroes have woke up to where now you just turn around here on October 31st, Halloween. I'm just trying to figure out like, damn, 
as many motherfuckers are celebrating on my timeline, I, let that be for the children. You celebrating too? Like we, 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 we in that much comfort to where do you not see what's going on? Right. And then the fact that we always want to trump something, no pun intended, to an individual when reality is, nah, Trump is ne'er, not even close to blame. Nick, well, did you forget Atlanta is the city. Georgia is the state. This place stayed and it's been racist. The money that has been funneled are still money from slave owners. The, right. the money that has been funneled are still from cotton mills, from tobacco spot industry. How is it that we just don't understand if we do not support each other in a moment where you don't have guys looking at each other well? Is a 21-year-old going to sit down too? Right? Because I feel like I'm going to take a stand. I don't know where he's at. Why can't y'all niggas just say, you know what? For the love of God, we are going to sit there and not play the game because we need to teach these owners really who the people really came to come see. I even think in college. I even want that to be done in college for the NCAA. Well, they, I mean, but the young you imagine a, a bowl game. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that would be. But, but the, the Missouri guys, they did that, and now there's a written rule in college. They did that. They they didn't actually have to actually not because they already took care of the situation because of so much social in uh, 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 unrest and so much uh, protesting has happened. They didn't even want to play that. They said we're going to get this guy out of here. Yes. But when you see that in college, that the players, all players, white and black, said, you know what? This guy got to go. Right. You didn't see that piece with um, the Texans, a la Donald Sterling, where the NBA was like, finally, we can get rid of this old piece of crap. Right. Because, right. you know, we've been waiting for this to blow up in his face. Right. So it's almost kind of like he was set up compared to McNair said these things. And you got folks coming out talking about he's a great guy. I know his heart. And he's just black guys. He's a, you know, uh, former coach from the Colts. Dungy. Dungy said some shit. I'm thinking like, what? Yeah. So there was no push to get the owner out. But then again, there was no push to make a powerful stand. And a powerful stand is hitting them economically. Yeah, I definitely. I am I fully agree with you. And I don't know what I'm, I'm basing it on from the college because I see I got to see how guys were story with the with, with with the Colorado State Hall of Fame. I sat there and was watching it because I was paying my little money, you know, I'm being the alumni and I, so I'm that's the only way I'm getting it. No, Hall of Fame celebration. I never pay attention to that. Who who's in it? Now I get to look and I'm like white athlete, white athlete, white athlete, white athlete. Now we know the demographics of football. Yeah. I'm knowing my man's Joey Porter, and I'm knowing Anthony Hill and Clark Higgins, blah, blah, blah. Then if I want to throw myself in there, I'm I'm on the record books of stats. You keep putting my name up yeah. and put my pictures everywhere. So I called him out just to give you an example. Now, these are conversations I had against with, with many former teammates of all ethnicities. Not, you know, but now I'm talking to my brothers they're complaining. They know it. But just like you said, none of them say nothing. So even when I come out and say something, none of them say nothing. They just let Adrian sit there and be the one. But I was already ready for that. I'm, I'm Kaepernick in that, at, at that stage of, no, I'm saying something. So now, you know, I'm, I guess I'm the one probably punished. But when Adrian said something, you put, you put a brother in every year since. Mm. Now it's been black, white player, black, white. 
black, white. Every year at the same time, there's been two two football players every year. First, it was white, 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 white guy, white guy. Now it's white, black, white, black. What's it going to be the black, black? Right. So you can see that they systematically done it, and then this year, just Friday, they put in my ch- my my senior year team. Mm. They put the team in. Hmm, interesting. Just didn't put you as an individual. These are the type of stuff that we got to start bringing light to. Man, things that we notice and that that we are all aware of, but some of us just sit silently and keep it to ourselves. Some of us fear of whatever repercussion that could look like, whether in our job, in our social circle, in our community. But these are things that we can't just stand idly by and act like aren't happening. And as much as some of us like to think that we are in a comfortable enough situation that something is not knocking on our door, it may not be at your doorstep yet, but it ain't but two houses down. So if you think that your situation is so comfortable that you can relax and that you don't have to focus on these things or they're not talking about you, they're talking about them. It's a matter of time before you hear the footsteps coming up your doorstep and making its way to your household. These are things that aren't just affecting people on this side of town or these people who live this certain kind of life. The the problems that we have within this country and, and specifically within our community are stuff that need to be addressed. And it doesn't matter what your tax bracket is. You have to find a way to get yourself involved, get yourself in the game and to definitely say something. Yes, sir. This is Say Something Podcast. One myself, Jermaine Morris, with the one and only Barry Axius. Special round of applause to our special guest in the building, Adrian Ross. <laughs> Anybody who wants to keep up with you, sir, where can they find you online? Oh, man. You know, I had to get on off of Facebook. You know, you can find me on YouTube, my Mad Backer channel. Anything I have is Mad Backer. Why'd you have to get off back off Facebook? Man, I think I'm just giving them too much knowledge for free. Okay, you know, yeah. so I'm I'm tired of giving out for free. You know, so they're going to have to, you know, and then it's too easy. You know, it's, it's too many people that could just sit there and look and not be involved. So I want to deal with people that want to be involved and get involved and have, have something to say back. You know, so that's why we're over here on Say Something. But Matt Backer with two Ds, M-A-D-D-B-A-C-K-E-R. Up on Instagram is Adrian Ross underscore Matt Backer. Where can folks find you, sir? Barry Axius, uh, Facebook, Barry Axius, Twitter, and Instagram at Team Void, and of course, Black Blueprints with a Z. I'm Jermaine Morris on Facebook. Every other social media platform is at J Morris CEO. It's been the Say Something Podcast. Myself, Barry Axius, and the one and only Mr. Adrian Ross. Yes, sir. And until next show, we will holla at you later. <laughs>